0: Well, good evening. Welcome to Grace Life Church. We want to welcome our Facebook community and our... um, If you're listening on SoundCloud at a later time, we just welcome you in. Uh, We're going to have a good time in the Word tonight. Amen. Um, If I had to title tonight, and I think I'm going to title tonight, I would... This phrase came to me, state your identity. You know, if you ever watched a movie, uh, like... I I love action movies pretty much any other movie puts me to sleep but <laughs> i really love action movies and uh the more action the better you know and like the secret agent movies or you know like the james bond and you know, like state your identity you know and he's like bond james bond you know something like that so state your identity this is the um, that's the phrase that came to me uh last night i had cuz i was i was you know just kind of praying and meditating on some things like what you know what what do you want me to do wednesday night and and that's what what came to me, identification. And so I I heard, state your identity. So, you know, when we say state your identity, in that sense, state is a verb, right? You're doing something. So in that sense, state means to set by regulation or authority, to express in words. And identity is identicalness, sameness, the condition of being the same with something described or asserted. So. When you're stating identity, you're doing something, you're expressing something, that you're, you're expressing, using authority to identify that sameness. Well, um, you know, sadly, <laughs> it's sad but true, the joke kind of around the world is, I identify as, you know, we kind of, I mean, it's a real issue for people, and I'm not taking that, you know, lightly, but I know, you know, sometimes we'll joke and say, oh, I identify as, You know, this or that. You know, jokingly, but it's sad because a lot of people in the world are so deceived today. And when you don't know, you know, there's all kind of made-up terms now. Uh, Any, you know, any feeling or any uh, emotion or anything like that, you you can that could becomes your identity. Identity is a strong word for. A strong emotion. You know, you go off on that, and I'm not getting off on that. I'll pull right back over real fast. I'm just saying that the world is in an identity crisis, and some of the churches too. Um, You know, I was looking at statistics of um, church, uh, well, what, what word am I trying to use? People come, church attendance, attendance, and how much it's declined in the last 10 years. You know, growing up, you know, we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Then we might have had a prayer or healing school, you know, on Tuesday or Thursday. And that was, you know, I grew up in that, and that was just like normal. But everybody, you know, it was just like, it, it didn't seem like a whole lot. You know, like you may have had a special meeting that lasted, you know, all week, and that wasn't anything. But, you know, nowadays it's like, uh... You want me to come on Wednesday too, or you know, Sunday night? Like, what? That that's that's unheard of, you know. But you know, you just look and you look at the statistics, and I can't remember; I didn't write them down. But how much church attendance has declined and dropped, and you know about church not being relevant anymore, and blah blah blah. Well, that's deception. That's deception, (laughs) because um, this word will always be relevant. Amen. He said this word would never pass away. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, I got to thinking, so identity has kind of been an issue since the very beginning in the, in the garden. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's what the Lord spoke to me. You know, where this thing started at is, uh, you know, Satan doesn't have anything new. So in Genesis 3, 1... I thought, wow, we didn't get very far in the book. And there he goes, right there. <laughs> My goodness. You know, it, verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? You know, kind of like, is, is that what he said? Yeah, how subtle. He, how subtle that was used. You know, and I got to thinking... There's a lot of things in, in this world, in this world's culture, that s- try to subtly uh, move us from a place of our identity. You know, because there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. He doesn't have any old, he doesn't have any new tricks. He's always using his old tricks. It's like Miss Barbara said, was it today or yesterday? You he said, he's goofy. He doesn't have any new tricks. So <clears throat> the world is in a major identity crisis, but the church shouldn't be. Amen. Um, we don't have to be, you know. If the church doesn't know their true identity, then how will we know what rightfully belongs to us? You know, have, have you ever seen a movie or, or maybe even heard of a person um, that, you know, they they don't they didn't know who they were or who they, you know, who, where they came from that they found out. You know, they're their family was rich or they were left an inheritance or, you know, you watch a movie and someone didn't know that their dad or their great something was a king and, you know, oh my gosh, I'm royalty. I come from this royal line and, you know, and it changes their whole life, right? In a moment when they find out who they are, it changes their whole life. Well, that's what happens when we find out who we are. It'll change our whole life. Amen. So um, I want to talk to uh, y'all tonight about... Um, our identity change. What happened at the new birth? Um, so let's run over here to Romans 5, and let's cut in here about verse 12. And I'm going to read this. Um, I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man, and death as the result of sin. So death spread to all men, no one being able to stop it or to escape its power, because all men sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before ever the law was given, but sin is not charged to men's account where there is no law to transgress. Yet death held sway from Adam to Moses, the lawgiver, even over those who did not themselves transgress, a positive command as Adam did. So <coughs> uh, Adam, Adam you know, disobeyed the direct command and because of that you know it was held to all of our account all of mankind adam was a type a prefigure of the one who was to come in reverse the former destructive and the latter saving you know we the, we have the first adam and the last Adam. jesus is the last adam but god's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass his grace is all out of proportion to the fall of man amen <laughs> for if many died Through one man's falling away, his lapse, his offense, much more profusely did God's grace and the free gift that comes through the favor of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound and overflow to and for the benefit of many. Nor is the free gift at all to be compared to the effect of that one man's sin. For the sentence following the trespass of one man brought condemnation, whereas the free gift following many transgressions Brings justification, and act of righteousness. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So in those few verses, um, we saw two different identities one in the first Adam and one in the last Adam, one in Jesus. You know, that was our, um, that was our identity before we were born again. But no, now we no longer identify as that. But we have a lot of Christians that even though they're saved and they're born again and they're actually in Christ and they don't even know it. <laughs> you know, and they don't even know what it means. And sometimes we do know it and we do know what it means, but there's areas in our life where we're not walking in that. Like, what, would that, what is that supposed to look like? You know, when I identify as I'm in Christ, I'm in Him. And, you know, we have God's over grace for every area of our life. And that's, that belongs to us. We, have, we are complete in Him. And we, we are able to experience that in every part of our life. Um, let's run over here to 2 Corinthians 5.17. So we see two different... Two different identities here. And I know everyone in this room is in the, the ladder. <laughs> you're in Last Adam, you're in Jesus. I don't know who I was watching though, so if you want to change your identity, you can do it right now. <laughs> you can jump on over here with us. Amen. Jesus has made the way for every person. To have a new identity. Okay, <clears> 2 <throat> Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and, and behold, all things are become new. You know, sometimes we can read over that. I've, um, that was a verse that I could quote probably from Children's Church, that one of the ones that we learned. But, you know, sometimes we can read over something and not even realize how amazing it is. I'm going to read it in the Amplified real quick. It says, Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. That old identity has passed away. He completely abolished it. He didn't just sweep it under the rug. (laughs) It's gone. (laughs) There's There's no putting the pieces back together. It's done. He didn't give us an upgrade, you know. He didn't buff out our dents and pinstripe us. He, he completely, he completely made something brand new. Um, I was listening to somebody talk about. They get, they gave the example of. They knocked down a uh, barn or something on their property. They were using. and it's a good example of this verse. They knocked down the barn on their property, and they built a, a, you know, a new and better one. And they related that to, you know, the old is completely gone, and that's true. But I thought, yeah, but I can just see it's like. Not only did he wipe away that barn, he wiped away that whole town, that whole county, that whole country. He started all over on a whole new planet. Amen. He he completely. Abolish that so Jesus died like you know pastor said Sunday Jesus died as our sin He actually identified as our sin on the cross He identifies as our sickness on the cross he he absorbed that he became that he became sin he became sickness He became poverty he became the curse of the law When the life of God left him and he died spiritually that's when his identity changed he identified as our sin and sickness so that we could identify as his righteousness. We could identify as everything he is. So you're not, your new identity is righteous. So if I'm stating my identity, state your identity. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And then that green line, that, I mean that green word flashes up, accepted, doors open. <laughs> so we have complete right standing with God forever. That's our identity. That's who we are. Amen. <clears throat> I'm gonna come over here to John one. First chapter sorry. That's loud. First chapter in John. I'm running out of room up here. Everything's sliding off. All right. John one. In the beginning, before all time was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through Him. And without Him was not even one thing made that has come into being. That, that's a whole lot right there in those three verses. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it, put it out or absorbed it or appropriated it, and it is unreceptive to it. Some people say, oh, you know, it's, we're living in dark times. The world's getting real dark. Okay. <laughs> well, it don't matter. That, this light blasts it. Out of, you know, that's okay. The light shines on in the darkness. Amen? There came a man sent from God, whose name was John. This man came to witness that he might testify of the light, that all men might believe in it, adhere to it, trust in it, and rely upon it through him. He was not the light himself, but came that he might bear witness regarding the light. There it was, the true light was then coming into the world, the genuine, perfect, steadfast light that illumines every person. He came into the world... And though, he, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. They didn't know him. He came to that which belonged to him, to his own, his domain, his creation. Everything he would made, the entire world, and they who were his own did not receive him, and they did not welcome him. But to as many as did receive and welcome him... He gave the authority, the power, the privilege, and the right to become the children of God. That is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on His name. That's me. Amen. That's us. Who owe their birth neither to bloods nor to the will of the flesh, that of physical impulse, nor to the will of man, that of a natural father, but to God. They are born of God. Amen. We are born of God. And the word... Christ became flesh, human, incarnate, and tabernacled. He fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us, and we saw his glory. Such glory as only begotten Son receives from his Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has priority over me, for he was before me. He ranks above me, for he existed before I did. He has advanced before me because he is my chief. For out of his fullness... Out of his abundance, we have all received. We all had a share and we were all supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped up upon gift. Amen. I would say that we are complete and lacking nothing. We're so full. Oh my gosh, we're... Amen. We are overflowing, filled to overflowing with all of God. So we're now born of God. You've had a brand new identity change, brand new DNA. Uh, Pastor says, um, you know, DNA, our brand new DNA change, he says DNA stands for do not approach. Amen. Now that you've been re-fathered, you're born of God, you've come into the family of God the blood of Jesus is running through your veins and the devil tries to read your DNA, he has to jump back. It says, do not approach. <laughs> Access denied. Because we've been refathered, amen. <clears throat> so we no longer identify with the past, with your old self, because that person is dead and gone. Jesus did away with him, amen. Galatians 2.20 in the Passion Translation says, my old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah, and it no longer lives for the nails of his cross crucified me with him and now the essence of this new life is no longer mine for the anointed one jesus he lives his life through me we live in union as one my new life is empowered by the faith of the son of god who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine man that's that is awesome (laughs) That is powerful. He loved me so much that he willingly identified as all that I was so that I could become all that he is. Amen. So now as he is, so am I in this world. I'm one spirit with him. That's our identity. Amen. We're one spirit with the Lord. We've been engrafted into Christ. I am brand new. I have to have Holy Spirit introduce me to my new self. (laughs) Amen. And he does. He's the spirit of truth. He takes all those mysteries in Christ, all the, you know, it's like, you think about how amazing the new birth is and all that happened and all that you are now. And, you know, you read the scriptures that, man, one third of me is is wall to wall, Holy Ghost. I have the Trinity living on the inside of me. And for the natural mind, it's like, what? (laughs) You know, you're just like, is, you know, how do you comprehend that? But, the Spirit of Truth, Holy Spirit, He takes those things, He takes those truths, and He makes it a reality in us. Amen. And when it becomes a reality in us, that's when we are able to live and to actually experience that in every area of our life. And we live in all that Jesus paid for, all that He went through for us to be able to enjoy this life, this new life with Him. Um, I'm going to read Colossians 2.9 uh Let's see. I think I'll read it in the Passion. Colossians 2.9. I had this marked, and then my marker fell out. Let's see here. <clears throat> For he is the complete fullness of deity living in human form, and our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God, As Christ's fullness overflows within us, He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. So, uh, my identity is completeness in Him. That's how I identify. (laughs) I identify as complete in Christ. I don't lack anything. You know, we can go through situations and things, and you know, sometimes we can feel like, uh, you know, we don't feel complete. We we can feel like we're lacking. Um, you know, there's a lot of things we can go through sickness, um, lack, you know, people, I I have a friend that, um, had a hard time. She struggled when she, when she had went through a divorce and she felt that, you know, she's like, I know what the word says, but I just feel, I don't feel complete. I feel incomplete in some way, you know, and that's what the, um, storms of life will do. They'll try to do. They'll try to, to make our circumstances and our feelings and our emotions and everything else it may be contrary to what the Word says who we are, but we're complete in Him. And no matter what we go through, when we renew our mind to this Word, Holy Spirit's there and He's helping us. He's, he's illuminating our eyes, our spiritual eyes, to see, no, this is what it feels like, this is what it looks like, this is what it sounds like, but this is the truth. That we are complete in him. You don't lack anything. Jesus loves us so much and he gave so much. He willingly laid his life down just because he loves us. He saw ahead to the future. He knew every everything that would ever be an issue, everything that would ever come up, and he fully paid for it. He fully supplied. You know, we read in John one sixteen, out of his fullness we received, and all that we had received. I mean you know romans it said that this free gift is way out of proportion <laughs> i mean it's i mean there's probably a better term but i'm gonna say it was overkill i feel like we probably say that a lot in alabama so <laughs> that's that's a that's a, a, a buzzword here overkill if you're listening from wherever but it was it far it way overdid it like jesus you really he outdone himself because he loves us so much amen So he's the head. He's the source of every kingdom and authority in the universe. Amen? And we're in him. And so, you know, we have this new identity now, and this is who we are. You know, our emotions aren't who we are. Our situations aren't who we are. Our feelings aren't who we are. You know, and we know that, and, uh, you know, I know we're rooted in that in this church. We're grounded in that, and I'm thankful I'm thankful for the Word and what we're taught. Amen. We are blessed. But, you know, there are times, and I can even say in my life, things that have come, and it's like, you know, uh, we'll come and test an area of your life. And it's like, hmm, you know, are you, do we really, you know, sometimes you think you're really in faith in an area, like pastor said before. We think we're really in faith in an area, but really we haven't had any resistance. In that area, and so it's like, oh well, maybe I wasn't as, <laughs> you know, maybe I need to spend a little t- Holy Spirit. I need you help me, <laughs> you know, I need some divine help. Um, I thought I, you know, but that's okay. Because he never leaves. He's always there. He's ready and willing to help. He he is the helper. He loves to help. A lot of times, he just, you know, he's waiting for us to right, move out the way, you know. I, I, you know, I'm sitting there in the kitchen, and I'm struggling to open this jar, you know. I'm like, I can do it. I can get it. And Elliot's like, will you please just quit wasting our time and move? Because you know, <laughs> you know. In just a second, he'll open it, and I'll say, well, I loosened it. You know, sometimes the <laughs> Holy Spirit's like, will you please just stop? Just <laughs> Listen to me for a minute. Let me help you, you know. And we're like, well, I loosened it. And he's like, no, you didn't. (laughs) No, if anything, you made it tighter. (laughs) You made it worse. So sit down. Let me do it. (laughs) You know, but that's, I mean, and that's living in the finished work of Christ, you know. That's the rest of God. And if we don't know our identity and who we are, we don't enter into that rest. Because we don't have a revelation of it. this is a finished work. This is done. It's completely finished. Jesus he did everything. He did everything, and then in Galatians two twenty, he said, "This life, the essence of this life that I'm living right now, that you see, you know, you see me, I look like the same person, the body is the same, you know, the tent is the same, but something's changed. There's a new identity because the essence that I'm living this life with is not mine. It's his by faith of the Son of God who loved me and He gave Himself for me." Amen. You know, and so when we when we uh, s- solidify that in our hearts, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so is he. And we renew our mind to that truth, man. There's nothing, you know, like Kenneth Hagin taught um, in the uh, I forgot what book it was now, but he was talking about the um, seven. You may know the name of it. I forgot the seven highest steps of faith or something like that. But he talked about the first step is knowing your identity and who you are. And when that is truth, you're established on that. That is your foundation. You can't build anything without a solid foundation. And when you don't know who you are, you know, you, you may, things may be okay for a little while, and it's like, oh, wow, you know, this, this looks really nice. I'm doing, I'm doing great, I'm doing good. And then that foundation isn't built, and a, you know, that storm comes and phew, knocks it all down. And, you know, when we don't have our foundation in him, who is the source, he's, our, he's the source of everything. And when we don't have our foundation built upon him, you know, then, then everything crumbles. Um, but Kenneth Hagin, back to what I was saying, his, what he was talking about is the first step of faith is knowing your identity, who you are in him. And this what he was saying was, when you know who you are in him, it doesn't matter what comes at you it doesn't matter what kind of test what kind of trial what kind of hardship comes at you you know jesus said in this life you're going to have these things but be of good cheer for i have overcome them all i was reading that scripture I don't know, like two weeks ago, and I, I was actually quoting it because I'm like, oh, I know that scripture. I don't have to go over there and look at it. I know it. And he was like, no, you don't. You missed out. You missed a part. And I was like, I missed a part. <laughs> he was like, because I was saying, you know, in this life we're going to have this, but uh, but Jesus, you have overcame it all. And he was like, yeah, but you're missing the, the middle part of that. And it says, but be of good cheer. But be of good cheer. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome that. All. I have overcome it all. So, you know, when we we know who we are, and we're, we're our life is hidden in Him. We've been engrafted into Christ. You know, it's like when something's engrafted, you can't tell where one ends and one begins. They're one. They're laminated, right? Together. Then, then that's where true joy comes from, right? Because my joy is anchored in Him. My hope is anchored in Him. In him, in Christ, where he is seated, far above everything, my hope's anchored way up there. You know, when people are like, how can you be so, like, you know, Uh, I had someone ask me that before about a certain situation where you just seem like, are you really okay? (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm really fine. Like, I just don't understand, you know, because this is kind of turning out this way and this is looking this way. And I just don't understand how you're, I'm like, well, you can't see it. But my hope is anchored way up there, <laughs> so it ain't. You can pull on it. You can do anything you want. It's it's fixed. Amen. And when you know that, you know who you are. You're complete in Him. He fills you completely. He's done everything. Then you you have that joy. Amen. You're, that joy doesn't come from an outside source. It comes from a person. Amen. So. Oh, my gosh, that clock is lying. So uh, Holy Spirit helps us with these things, and he makes these things a reality to us. And uh, I like something Mark Hankin said. He said, it's okay. Uh, The Holy Spirit, you know, he helps us. He teaches us. He makes these things alive alive to us and and real in us. He's like, and even if you're a slow learner, it's all right. He'll stick with you till you get it. I thought, amen. Thank you, Lord. You know, I need that sometimes. Even if you're a slow learner, he's going to stick with you till you get it. But this is what Paul prayed um, about us seeing who we are in Christ and knowing our true identity. And um, we're familiar with it, the Ephesians 1 prayer. But I want to go read it because the Holy Spirit really spoke to me on something about that and pointed something out to me in this prayer that I was not really given full attention to. And, um, man, it's awesome see, Ephesians 1, I'm going to read this in the Amplified, the woman's translation, I'm fine with it, (laughs) I thought, well, you know, it may be the woman's uh, translation, but we can understand it better, so, okay, we'll cut in here to verse 16, Paul says, I do not cease to give my thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, so that you can know and understand the hope to which you have call, he has called you, and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. That's us, amen. And so that you can know and understand, know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of His power in and for us who believe. And He demonstrated that power in the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and He seated Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. He's put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So, you know, I, I have, we have this prayer on our fridge, actually, a magnet on our fridge, and I make it a habit to read this prayer, you know, to speak this and pray this over myself and over others. You know, Paul's not, Paul is just simply praying. He's not praying for something else to happen or something else to be added to you. He's saying everything's already been done and he's praying for the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened, that we would know what already has been done and who we are and what we have and what's in us. And, you know, it's like Pastor was talking about the word that the Lord spoke to him about everything you need. In this life is you know it's already done it's waiting for your recognition of it to lay hold of that and that's what this prayer is about the next you know everything from your calling to what he has called you to do who you are in him everything that has already been given to you that fullness that completeness that's in you he's saying the Holy Spirit is going to illuminate the eyes of your understanding he will flood you with light, and you'll be able to see, and you'll be able to know. You'll have a revelation of it. It'll become real to you, because it is. You'll be able to see it as it truly is, and to walk in it. And uh, so I was reading that prayer, and I was actually praying it the other night before I was going to sleep, and I was starting to drift off. And the, the end part of that prayer, you know, so sometimes we read those first few verses, and we're like, that sounds really great, amen. You know, I, And then we kind of get on down into there, and it's just like, Oh, blah, 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 You know, we shouldn't do that, but sometimes I do. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I don't, I just kind of throw all that in there, you know? And then it hit me that power. He said that, that that same power that you would know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for you who believe. What are you talking about? Your identity. As demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. It's that power. That same power is what he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. It's that same power that's in us. And that's what he was saying. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And he didn't just raise him from the dead and seat him in Birmingham. <laughs> you know, saying he that would have been awesome, you know, just raised him from the dead and Jesus is, you know, back here. No, he he raised him. All he he Holy Spirit took that power power of the Holy Spirit took Jesus from the literally the lowest place, the lowest place that exists, that can even be, that, you know what I'm saying, as hard as it is to fathom in our natural mind, that same power took him from the lowest place literally to the highest literal place. And I say the word literal because there is no, I mean, this is the highest place. That same power took him from the lowest place, put him in the highest place far above and that same power is in us. And that's what Paul said, that you would know the power that's in you. That you'd have understanding. You already have it, but that you would know it, really know it for yourself. You know, because our pastor can't know it. Our Sunday school teachers can't know it. You know, for us, they, they should know it. But I'm just saying for us, you know. You can live in a preacher's house all your life and not know it. Amen? <laughs> you know, you can you can be taught things and hear things, and that's great. You should. And that it's amazing, and I'm thankful for that. But then it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I gotta, you know, I actually have to do this on my own. You know, this is my own relationship with Jesus and these things, you know, just as you go through things in life. But but he said that you would know that, that that greatness of that power that's in you. But it's not only in you, it's in you and for you. Amen? And then we're able to release that to other people. And then it gets even better than that. Can you believe, can you believe it gets even better than that? Because he said, um, oh, I have to hurry. he raised us up together with him and seated us down together. He gives us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He raises up together with him, made us sit down together. Sit down. (laughs) Giving us joint seating with Jesus in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being one with him in Christ Jesus. We're seated with him in heavenly places. We're far above every, all this stuff that Ephesians 1 uh, mentioned. We're seated there with him by that same power. And that's what Paul's saying. That this is already, this is already who you are. This is who you are. Like this is all, you you can't tap this thing out. (laughs) You know, but to grow in it, to see that. To understand that, to have a revelation of that, that it'll flow in every area of your life. And then, you know, not only will it flow in you, but through you to other people. And, I mean, just for myself, I'm trying to just be more conscious of that. That, you know, people And I've been praying for this week and things like that, or I just see a situation, I'm, I'm, I'm training myself to be quick to respond, right? And why wouldn't I be? This is the word. This is the truth. This is who I am. Why wouldn't I be quick to respond? I mean, I have that same power in me. I'm I'm one with him. Why wouldn't I be? Releasing that life into other people. Releasing. It's like it doesn't matter what the situation is. The greater one is in me. And he's not just in me for me. He's in me for others. Amen? Amen. So, I'm going to... Close it up here somehow. (laughs) So uh, Hebrews 10.23, it tells us to hold fast the profession of our faith. Um, It is so important for us, you know, even the Ephesians 1 prayer, Ephesians 1 and 3 prayer, to read that over ourselves, to speak that over ourselves. There's like 140 uh, phrases, terminology in the epistles, in the New Testament, in the epistles of in him. By him, through him, in Christ, all these things. Now, there's, there's, that's kind of a general um, reference to those scriptures. Not all of them talk about who we are in him and what we have in him. But there's like 50 significant ones. I mean, it's all in the epistles, right? Because everything, it all flows from him. Everything. John 1 said, even everything that you can see, it's only here because it only exists because of the one you can't see. But how important it is for us to take that, to study that, to keep that before us, that no, I, I'm in Him. I'm born of God. This is who I am. This is, this is my identity, you know, and no matter what happens or no matter what comes my way or what, what challenges may come, I'm in Christ, amen? He is my victory. I have the victory. You know, we're not, we're not fighting f- uh, for victory. We're fighting from victory amen I mean can you just see this big kingdom this big castle and the king you know the king sits in his chair you know you see the movies and the queens beside him you know and he's sitting and can you see this little guy coming up running up to the wall and he's like he's like knocking on the wall like calling the king out you know could you imagine the king getting up from his like now who is that (laughs) <laughs> no, do you, I mean, he's got all these men that serve him. And this one little dude comes running, and he gets up from his seat and walks out, you know, to the back gate like, you know, <laughs> you, you come and looking for me? No, that would be crazy, you know. He's not going to move from his position of authority over some little dude, right? Well, why would we move from ours? You know, we're seated in heavenly places in distractions and things that happen you know they come and to you know (laughs) try to pull us off our chair like uh, and jesus is like sit down (laughs) he's like grabbing you back sit (laughs) holy spirit's like no no just sit down i'll take care of that you know because we already have the victory this is just how these things come to me (laughs) how i envision them in my head (laughs) I guess it runs in the family, I don't know. But uh <laughs> but uh but no, we're seated with him. So it doesn't matter, you know, like some people say and I've said it too before and I correct myself real fast. Well, under the circumstances I'm doing well why are you under the circumstances? Why are you under him? <laughs> like you <laughs> did you just read this? <laughs> why are you under him? Get up <laughs> You know? I mean, we laugh about it and I know going through something, you know, it's but when you can pull out from, you know, looking at, the, looking at the situation and getting eternal perspective on the thing, you're just like, oh my gosh. No, I'm seated with him. I'm far above all this stuff. And this is, I, I'm seated here. This is my identity, right? I'm not the sick trying to get healed, right? I'm not the depressed and oppressed and anxious and trying to get out of this thing. I'm not that. Those feelings can come, and those situations can come, but I'm sitting here ruling and reigning with Jesus. Everything he is, I am him. I, I am too. I was co-crucified with him. And, and this life that I now live, I live by the faith of the one in, I live by the faith of the Son of God, the one who gave his life for me. Amen. And so these things, I, I rule and reign over all of them. I have authority over every single one of them. They have to do what I say. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter the thoughts that tried to run through my head, amen? Those, are, those have got to uh, bow their knee to Jesus anyway. Those feelings and emotions, all that, no, that's not who I am. I am who he says I am, you know? But it takes us renewing our minds and, and putting this before our eyes. No, this is the truth. This is who I am, and I'm not moving from this place of authority. I'm not moving from my identity. You know, those things, like that snake, subtly coming in, you know. what well, did God really say? Yes, he really said, shut up and go away, you know. <laughs> Eve, if you know what I'm just like <laughs> She got all her bodyguards in heaven, you know. If you'd have just told him to shut up, Eve, no. <laughs> if she wouldn't have done it, I would have done it, you know. I mean, let's just be real. <laughs> Especially if it was cake or something, you know. <laughs> just like, <coughs> <laughs> no but yeah god really did say you know well you know you're this and you that you're no that's no i'm not that's not anything what my father said so that's a lie you you quit talking amen this is my identity and I'm, i'm not moving off this place so we're told to hold fast to that profession of our faith don't let your identity be silenced speak who you are in him everything christ is so now are we Trials, hardships, circumstances, the world system, they will try to come in like the serpent in Genesis 3-1, subtly, and make us doubt our identity. We are complete in Christ. We are born of him. We are one spirit with Jesus. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are champions. We are victorious. Christ is our victory. Like I said, we're never fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. We have the highest ground We are seated with him far above everything. We're never under the circumstances, amen. We rule and we reign. You know, the fight of faith is a good fight because you you win. (laughs) Amen. When you step into the ring, you're already the champion. You know, you're like, I'm just showing up to the fight to collect my money, but I've already won. (laughs) I don't know if uh, y'all have watched any of the Marvel movies, the Captain America Marvel movies. Okay, like I said, I like action movies, superhero movies. This is my thing. So, Captain America, he's in the he's in the uh, elevator, and he knows like everybody around him's been compromised, and there's like 30 people in the elevator with him, and he knows he's about to get jumped, and he's like, you know, they don't know he knows it yet. They think you know they have the jump on him and they're going to surprise him. But Captain America knows what's going on, and they're in the elevator, and he's like before we begin, does anybody want to get out? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, That's what you want to ask. All right, before we begin, any of y'all want to get out? Because Jesus already whipped y'all once, and y'all about to get a whole nother dose. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) A whole nother dose. Amen. Well, all right. My time's running away from me, so I'm going to in closing. We are holding fast to the profession of our faith. Amen. And we, Paul said, I believe, therefore I have spoken. I believe these things. These are the truth. And because they are the truth, I speak. And I establish my heart in these truths. Amen. So really quick, before we go, this is an identification manual from uh, Pastor Buzzy. Um, Dad mentions Pastor Buzzy a lot. And uh. This is actually one that he gave me. And I saw this while I was preparing for tonight, and I was like, man, this is good. So Pastor Buzzy puts in the uh, scriptures on your identification in Christ and puts some different translations, and then at the bottom of that, he puts together a little uh, confession. So let's just say a couple of these real quick. <clears throat> Repeat after me. I died every, I died to everything Christ died to. Just as Christ died and passed once for all out of the sphere of sin, in the same manner, I account myself to be dead to sin. I account myself to be dead to the power of sin. And I died with, as I died with him, I died to sickness also. I died with him to the dominion of sin, the world, and sickness. (laughs) I am alive to God. My life is absorbed in the life of Jesus. Amen. Let's do one more. Satan has been rendered powerless towards me by Christ's victory. He has been dethroned, defeated, put to naught, made of no effect, overthrown, neutralized, paralyzed, crushed, and put out of commission, as far as I'm concerned. I conquered with Christ. His victory was my victory because I was made alive and raised with him. Amen. Satan is now a defeated foe. Him and his mama. Amen. amen. <laughs> That's the truth, amen. He a lie, him and his mama. <laughs> well, we'll stop there for tonight. Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. And pray you have a blessed week. And Pastor West, and Miss Michelle, they'll be back Sunday. So we will see y'all then.